Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our Box Number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Welcome to another installment of Box Number Five So Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. I am your co-host, Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. So we will start with updates. Lioness, you go first. I'm going to turn my computer off. I'm in the middle of baking a pizza, so don't mind me, honey. A single woman has to make her meals, but let's go ahead and update the people with your weekend. No problem. So, so, so the lioness is weekend. So this weekend, y'all, I spent a lot going on. So in, in personal life, um, I've gotten an opportunity. I actually um, got a fellowship and um, that's going to call, that's going to require that I have a lot more active um, communication and conversation in a professional setting with the other women in my cohort. So shout out to the women in the fellowship, the Free Leadership Fellowship, um, and all of the other women that have been blessed to um, be a part of that. And that's why I'm very excited. I also have um, some news. Um, Here in Atlanta, so it's very bittersweet. Here in Atlanta, um, Sophie Velasquez, um, a, a member of our Latina trans community here, um, she was um, connected with Australia and a couple of the other um, 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 nonprofits here in Atlanta. There is a visual tomorrow. Um, with this episode, we'll um, have maybe the link or something for the um, information about it. But there's a um, visual tomorrow. It's on the box number 512 page all, to re- all together at her apartment where she was murdered in, in Brookhaven. Um, we're going to have a vigil, we're going to have like a slash rally. Um, and so it's, we're asking that we share, we want to try to get as many people as possible. And I know that there's predicted to be some media also. So around this, so yeah, I'll keep everyone posted on that. In my, um, well, back to personal life, Mother's Day weekend was beautiful, but beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, my sister Brianna came to Atlanta and my husband and I enjoy her thoroughly. So usually when my sister comes, it gives very, um, we're in the house, very subdued, very just girl time. But like we went out, we went to this nice little spot and named the Grill Village. In, um, it was, she was cute, bitch. It was cute, the ambiance, the... It's an old firehouse, so it's very inside. It's very posh, and it has these big, great oak doors. It's just gorgeous. It's a really beautiful building, and it's in a beautiful location, and the pictures came out wonderful, and the conversation was wonderful. And I just, 
I just be so excited because I sometimes wish my sister lived closer. So when I get a chance, I was good to see her. Um, other than that, um, just living, loving, laughing. Um, I will be getting my hair done this week. I'm excited. Um, life is good. I don't really have a lot of complaints. I just want you guys to keep in mind as we as we go through, you know, living our lives that we don't forget and we don't become callous to the fact that our sisters are passing. And I want us to also remember to give the families and the loved ones grace during these times of difficulties. Um, I've seen it recently where community members will, in their overzealousness, to scoop a story or to take the narrative or to be in control of something. They end up stepping on the family and on the work of community leaders. Um, so just to give a little bit of context, guys, I'm here in Atlanta recently. We had an issue with regarding this particular um, young lady, Sophie. Um, we've had an issue around the press releases and the communications for um, one of our fallen members, Sophie, because there are members that are white that are in our community that are very well-intending and very good allies. And when Black trans women die, they really, really come come out to support, um, particularly a, a few of, uh, there's a few women I can name of that are there. Part of the problem though, when you have white allies entering in black faces is that they tend to um, think that they know better than you. And that part of what their privilege is, is no, no, you, you need to tell me what you're doing. Inform me, enlighten me. So you take up space in the meetings inform me, enlighten me on what's going on and what's her family doing and what's this person doing and what's that person doing because you want to help, but only if you're controlling. That's not allyship. And that is something that particularly in the South, because a lot of times our white sisters and our white brothers are having to be liaisons in this super racist paradigm, they take up space and they sometimes can get the big head and feel like we report to them so then in our community organizing sometimes, particularly when we're doing grassroots stuff around murders or grassroots stuff around just celebrating our fallen, they will take the narrative, grab the mic, set the press conference up and have not considered a community of color. That's something that does happen. Thankfully, shout out to the community leaders here. We were able to get apologies from this individual. We had a meeting today where, where the girls rallied and of course, you know, the lioness was in the building fiercely reading this person because I had words with her in the past. And after that conversation on in our private space, we were able to, I think some members must have reached out to her and let her know how bad an offended community. Because ultimately what we had was a, 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 a what, what will be considered a more visible, more powerful, more well-connected organization, white org, basically saying, we don't care about what the family want to do. We don't care about what the girls on the line want to do. We don't care about the nonprofits and the relationships that she had and the nonprofits that she was affiliated with. We don't care about what they're organizing because you haven't spoken to me in a timely manner. I'm just going to do service. And that's a narrative that has happened over and over again. So allies, what we ask is that you step up and step back. There's a, there's a way to do it. There's a way to do both. Step up, be supportive, and support and push other people forward and not always yourself. Just because it's easier for you to get shit done doesn't mean it's right that you should be the only one to be able to do it. That's all I have to say. Sis, I'm sorry for that long extended 
um, mix, but I really wanted to add that portion. And what did you think about what I said just a moment ago? No, I agree with that hundred uh, percent. Like, stop. Like, we, we, another trans woman of color has died. Now is not the time to grandstand and get your moment in the sun. Now is the time if you're really an ally to do the work and connect the connect the people that are most impacted or most marginalized. Give them the access. Give them the amplification. Connect to the if you're really for the community connect to the community. And I think it's even more important to do that in the South where it is racist, where it is extremely, is more um, racial tensions. So the, the fact that y'all had to call her out and she was just oblivious to it, it's just like, sis, it's 2021. Mm-hmm. So I actually want to say before we close out today, before I do the, the final takeout, do you mind if we have a moment of silence for Sophie? I know y'all, I know you Sure. Did. Yeah, I think that'll be, um, relevant because ultimately what what adds to trauma in situations like this is when you feel like how you grieve is unacceptable so it was also the very much the tone of oh well the way we want the way her family wanted it and the way her 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 community wanted it was ghetto in the eyes of this power structure that had more money and access and they decided to throw something that they felt was more not more, you know, more affluent. Believe it or not, it was all vanilla, no seasoning, ugly flyers. It wasn't going to be anything special like that anyway. Right. Because when we're not present, girl, it very much is a, a trans flag and some letters on it. Like, it's not, <laughs> like, you know, we bring the seasoning. So um, I'm glad that our community came together. And I hate that it came in this moment where we're grieving. But I'm glad that we showed ourselves today to be an organization, an organized community. And even though we don't talk every day, girl, it's like this. Right. Yeah. Three girls don't play it at all. <laughs> so I will start with my update. So as Samaya previously mentioned, I was in Atlanta for this weekend. I had a really, 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 really good time in Atlanta. I stayed at a hotel in the Midtown area. And the purpose of me going to Atlanta is to kind of jumpstart my journey to getting like my BBL and my um, my breast lift. But the first step for me into doing that was getting my skin together. So uh, shout out to uh, Ray Fair of Fair Skin Spa. And yeah. uh, he has a location in Atlanta and in New York. I um, first went to go get my microdermabrasion to take care of this, my my facial skin because, honey, it was time. And I left his I left his um, business glowing. And then the next day, I went back and got uh, some laser work done. I started on my chest and my underarms, and I retouched. Like I don't have a whole bunch of hair growth on my face because I went through like intensive laser like back in the day. But you know, after you stop going for a while, your hair never grows back how it did. Yeah. You get, like a little patch or so. Uh-huh. And, and it, it had been patches. It's not the same. Right. And it had been over a year since I stopped. Cause before when I was in Chicago, it was this place I went to just to get like little sixty dollar touch ups for now and then. But then when the pandemic happened, all of that got shut down. I don't even know if that salon was still open. And then I had moved back to DC and it was this lady that 
I had been going there so long and I referred so many people that um, when I went to go get my laser done, she basically did it for free, but her ass fucking retired. So I just had to to step my pussy up and do what I need for me. So you be coming to Atlanta every time? Well, I was going to come back to Atlanta, but I'm going to New York in June and he has an office in June. So it just made more sense since I already... I'm going to New York and I already have a room in New York to just go up there and get my next treatment. So when I go back to New York, I'm going to get my legs and my ass and my stomach done and, you know, anything else I need done. But I'm like, I'm trying to get back to me. I'm trying to get back to the girl that I used to be. I'm trying to be on top of my, and it's not, and it's, I'm still a divestment hoe. I'm still uh, opting out hoe. I'm not. This has nothing to do with a man or me trying to attract men. This is about me. This is about me feeling good, feeling conscious, feeling comfortable in my body. And I just, I just feel really good about that. Like I said, I had, I can't really tell how much I've grown in a person as a person. Usually, I'm not gonna lie. Usually when I come to Atlanta, it's about pulling niggas and having fun. And it's nothing wrong with that, right? But in all the years that I've been coming to Atlanta, with the exception of times when I came to see you and we chill at your house, I realized that I never, like, did any of, like, the touristy shit in Atlanta because I was so busy trying to pull a nigga or trying to get a nigga to come over. And it just made me realize, bitch, how much I was not really living life how much time I wasted mm-hmm. and like just I'm just at a place where move, moving forward I'm just moving I'm more committed to just living my life taking more chances and just having fun and that's exactly what I did so we got to go out to the grills the um, Jamaican restaurant the food was fucking amazing I had some brown stew chicken and some macaroni and cheese and a I didn't even want the brown stew chicken y'all but when it came and I tasted it, I was because it was a, it came on accident. They actually did get two different orders, right? But it was so good. I was like, okay, it was good, <laughs> and I liked it. I liked it because I remember it's this like chain of Jamaican restaurants in Chicago. I like Jamaican food, but I don't. I don't really like spicy. I don't like it when it's so spicy that you have to have water to drink it because it's like that food we had in the grills it was seasoned really good it was just flavorful and ever, no shade ever since i gave up juice and i only mainly drink water mm-hmm. food tastes so much better to me now right like, i feel like i can just taste food better so that food was amazing um i went to henry's yesterday before i left and ate there i wanted to go and drink to joe's on juniper but i didn't get there but i'll be there next time mm-hmm. um where else did i go eat Oh, I ordered some, I didn't go eat, but I ordered, because the weather wasn't warm enough in the morning for me to go, want to go to brunch and sit outside, but I ordered some food from Atlanta Breakfast Company, or no, Atlanta Breakfast Club, um, um, the Flying Biscuit Cafe, and then my, that last day I was there, I wanted to ride the um, Atlanta, the little monorail thing, and I rode mm-hmm. that. And I, oh, it's this like, did the touristy shit. Right. I went to I went to Sweet Auburn Market, and oh. it's a little it's an ice cream shop, like a black owned ice cream shop. I went there, oh. and I like I was just really like just a being like to me. It's all about being in the moment, savoring the moment, having fun with my damn soul, just having fun. Now, don't get it twisted. I did have my fun. Shout out to the niggas that I was able to see. They showed. It was two niggas in particular 
they showed me a good time. And you know, for me, even though Elena is full of pretty, beautiful men with the bodies and the teeth, for me, my best sexual experiences is with like the regular looking nigga that nobody would think has it going on. And then when you have a bitch, it's meat. They wear you out. They're clean. It's like a little dad. But like one of the guys, he had hip, like he was slender, but he had hips, kind of like womanly hips. And I was just like, oh, okay, but he had meat too. And then the other one, he was a little, he was my daddy fantasy. He was a little old. He, you could tell that he used to work out back in the day, but it kind of got a thick. Right, yeah. but it's still, it's still buff, but it's moving. Bitch, I had, bitch, yeah. bitch, I got my whole life, and it was, but it wasn't the center of my sexual my experience. I hooked up with the men when it was on my time, and they played my rules and they played my game. And then when I was finished, I had other stuff on my list that I wanted to do. I went to go eat at Tampa Piedmont. That that food was really nice. I went to Piedmont Park to just people watch, and I had my ice cream. I was Miss Mama walked, and then when I say Miss Mama walked, so when she was, so we picked for those of you who live in Atlanta, Brianna was near um, North Avenue. Miss Mama walked from North Avenue to the park. I was like, girl, wait, you walked? Now don't get me wrong, that was very my stunt back in my twenties. I used to walk everywhere all the time. And I used to live kind of in this vicinity. So I used to do this walk. That's why when she said it, I was like, oh, girl, you did it there and back. I was like, oh, bitch, you were serious about going to the park. But apparently you said something about the, the, the lips were expensive this weekend. Yeah, that was, but for where I was at, I was on West Peachtree and um, North Avenue. From there to Piedmont Park, they were talking about like $25. I was like, no, I'll just walk, bitch. I walk, girl. I'm, I just I just know in my spirit that that's not a $20 ride. So, mm. But it was all good. I got my little extra. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I was on the airplane coming back, bitch, I was tired of shit. And then today, I had to. I woke up early this morning because I had some work I had to catch up on. But a bitch had to take like a two to three hour nap because I was... I was tired and I was going to work out today, but I was like, no, I, I did a lot this weekend. I'm going to let my body recover. And then, you know, we'll work out when we work out. But I had a really good fucking time in Atlanta. Atlanta owes me nothing. Um, I had a great time. When I come back, I want to go to the Coca-Cola Museum. I know TA will have a hookup for me. I want to go to the aquarium. I just, I'm just ready it's to go. Like, and also, um, I had, even though I wasn't with my mom, I had a great Mother's Day with my mom. We talked on the day before Mother's Day and Mother's Day. I just really love where our relationship is at. Um, through all, all the ups and downs of me and my mom's relationship, I will go through it again to get to where we are now because I really feel like we see each other as women. And but I, in my relationship with her, I struggled to be open just because of the stuff that we've gone through. But I'm so glad that we're at a place where we're open and we're just having real conversations with each other as women. And I just, I really, I love my mom. Um, I'm trying to um, get her to clear her schedule out so we can go and have dinner and just have fun and just spend time with each other and just enjoy each other. So shout out to my mom. Also shout out to my trans mother, Katrina. Um, Ellen Meekly, a.k.a. Katrina Icon. I love you so much. The first woman to see me, to give me a chance, the first woman to put a hormone shot in my ass and broke the game down for me. And that's been there with me every step of the way. Um, let, hold on, let me turn this timer off. 
So listeners, 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 while Aeon handles that, I just want you to take this opportunity to like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms. Brianna and I had a wonderful meeting today where we're going to have a lot of exciting things coming in the future, so you stay tuned. And now, back to Brianna. Yeah, so um, I had to turn the, turn the oven off. So yeah, I just I, I'm I'm in a place of, of abundance right now. I'm just I'm just feeling really good about life. The job thing um, is still in the air. I still I've interviewed with places, haven't heard back, but I have another interview on Thursday with another great. Even though in certain parts of my life I'm in still in uncertainty, I'm just making a commitment just to move forward and just to be optimistic and just to um, move in abundance and just being open for love. Um, not really looking to date any men right now, but if if the if the right connection or energy happens, it'll definitely be, I, I'm not turned off to it. I'm just open to being open and living life. I'll be in New Orleans this weekend with my sis Paige. We're doing a sister's trip. Um, I had some more trips coming up. My sister Tona, who we just had on the show, she wants to go to some mountain resort. Um, and all like I'm just I spent so much time chasing men and trying to find somebody to love me and trying to put all the pieces together that I feel like I've I've wasted so much time just not like living life and enjoying the experience. And like men, men and dick will always be there. It's always gonna be there. But I just I just want to be more present, more comfortable in my body. For me, it's really not about losing weight. It's just being more present in my body. And I just, Elena really set the tone for the type of summer that I want to have this summer. So I'm just, I'm really in a space of abundance and gratitude. And I'm ready to start this week's show. So, yes. Oh, I'm thank you for coming and we really Atlanta loves oh, you. Too, I, got, I want to move here. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I'm still willing it. And also I got my nails, my nails done for my trip to New Orleans. Shout out to um Manny Bamani, um, who did my nails. She did a fabulous job. She's originally from New York. And I'm just bitch, I'm bitch, I'm just taking chances and the, the summer and these jobs, they're gonna they're gonna get whatever I'm feeling. I'm not trying to be the perfect bitch. I just want to be me. And mm -hmm. if you fuck with it, you fuck with it. If you don't, like it's all right. But before we get into our topic, just want to remind you guys if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, to please make sure that you are rating and reviewing us. Your rate, your ratings and reviews helps other people to find our podcast and come into the old and be a part of the box number five. So family, um, if you're um, on YouTube, make sure, go, sure you go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Happy to announce that we are over a hundred subscribers. So now we can go live on YouTube. Um, so yeah, we, the, the brand is growing. The brand is consistent and the brand is growing. Um, on next week's episode, we definitely have um, an agenda planned for the summer of things that we want to do. So we're going to um, formally announce that for some, um, some new things that we're starting in June. Also, Pose Reviews will be out this week only on Patreon. We're working on getting that content together for you. So the only way you will have access to the Pose Reviews is if you become a level three patron. So make sure you go on over to our Patreon. I'm, 
Patreon page and become a patron so that when we release um, our reviews for episodes one, two, and three, you will have access to that, honey. But yeah, we like we, we're we're trying to be better. We're trying to be better. We're trying to step it up. So transitioning to today's topic. We really don't have a, um, a formal topic for y'all today. We've been giving y'all the exclusive interviews and having real serious conversations, but we just want to relax, release, and relate with our, our, our women listeners, the fans, to help prepare you all to have a really a hot girl summer. And for me, a hot girl summer is really the mindset. Uh, especially for our single listeners out there. And this conversation was inspired by, once again, by Clubhouse. And I should mention that I haven't, I took Clubhouse off my iPad. I didn't have it on my phone anymore. I had it on my iPad, but I took it off because I, Clubhouse was not as hot as it was when I first got on in January. It's kind of redundant, but every now and then I'll get looped back into a conversation that'll make me want to download it. But we were in a room, and sis, if you remember this conversation, jump in. We were in a room with trans women, and I can't um, remember the topic, but it was trans women in there. I can tell trans- you the topic was trans, are trans amorous men gay or something like that? It was a random ass topic. Like the topic did not actually talk about it. Those of you who don't know, Clubhouse, the way those club rooms work, oftentimes, the topic, the the actual title of the group is not it's loosely held to what you're actually discussing because the conversation is informed by the people on the panel. So it's not something that you necessarily, the title has anything to do. Um, so to give some context, um, oh, well, let me let you finish telling your story, girl, but that particular, that particular one, Brianna and I was on a panel and it was several of our friends and community and the fellas that we've, um, work within community and a lot of our sisters. This was one of those, what they call heavy hitter panels. And um, the conversation got pretty intense. And um, from that conversation, we felt like today we wanted to have a deeper talk. And so Brianna, what were you saying? Yeah, so I I have a couple of things to say about these panels. So I'll start here. I feel like because we have a lot of platforms like Instagram and even Clubhouse, there are a lot of people that are new in their transition that have the access and can create the optics to make themselves look like an authority on an issue when really they don't have the lived experience to say a lot of the things that they say and have a lot of the judgments that they have. And for other girls in community that are impressionable and don't know anything, it's very easy for them to um, drink the Kool-Aid. And I just, I wanna start by saying, be mindful of girls in, in the trans community that are giving like all of this relationship advice and that are like just very anti-man. And bitch, you've only been on Mons for like six months. Or you don't. 
Go ahead, sis. Come I was going to say, and that's powerful, sis, because what you're actually pointing out, so what ends up happening in the conversation sometimes is there are those of us that come with a point of view, and this doesn't, this is not to minimize anybody's position in transition. This isn't to say that you're somehow less valid because... Or less of a woman. That's, or not less, about that. yeah, that's what I mean, less valid as a woman because of your experience. But as with anything in life, experience is the best teacher. And there's a level of experience that you should have or that one should have before, before they speak, especially in absolutes. So what you end up having a lot of times in community are these young girls, these young trans women that come and they come with this, this so now, mind you, they transition and you begin to join this online community. And because you're articulate, because you might've went to college and you have degrees, you're able to communicate in a way that very quickly gets you a lot of attention or followers. And these people make themselves thought creators on their first day of transition. And while that is a, your point of view is important, your point of view is limited because you don't have the experience of women that have lived this life and have years under their belt. What people don't realize is, is that your lived experience as a woman is going to be different than your years pre-transition because the way women navigate in the world, women's issues, the, 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 the sorority that is womanhood is something that takes time to navigate. That's even before you begin to start having, you know, to be able to get on a platform and speak about issues and all of those things. It, in a perfect world, it would be, would have well-groomed, women of a certain age that could carry on certain conversations like a lot of communities do when they have elders. But because our elders have died and we're a very young kind of community since the 80s, for those of you who watch Pose in the 80s and 90s, you know what was going on with us. So then because of that really traumatic time, it stifled our elders being able to tell us stuff because they're gone. So uh, uh, opinionated and it's great. It's great that you grew up in schools that had unisex bathrooms. It's great that you grew up with having teachers that affirmed you and it's great that you went to college and they lived for you from the day you were there and you, but you have to be aware also that that experience is not necessarily the, that not necessarily what we all share and your point of view is clouded by privilege because that is a privileged experience that not a lot of trans women have. And I feel like what we witness on Clubhouse and some of these other places are these girls that are well-intending, very bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, wanting to be a part of the conversation, but taking up space and also telling other girls what you think is crazy. How are you gonna tell me what I think is crazy and doesn't apply in, and won't apply in life when I'm telling you what I've done in my real fucking life and I'm older than you and I've done this longer than you? And that's not shading anyone, but like what our sister said, it is what it is. Experience is the best teacher. What were you saying, sis? Yeah, so I, I can't remember the exact conversation. We It was something about men, and I was basically saying how... Oh, I can't remember exactly how the conversation came about, but I was just saying how, for me, it's important that if I'm not in a relationship, if I'm having sex... I need to have sexual pleasure. Like I need to be with a partner that is centering my sexual pleasure and that, oh, 
I, th- I think I got to the point where I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Because a lot of the times you can tell that these girls are like super, super, super young in their transition because the way that they talk about men and the way that they idealize men is in like this Disney um, story, fairy tale where if, if, if they take the right amount of moans and they look cunt and they dress like this and they only hang out with cis women, they don't really hang out with too many trans girls in person, that this man, particularly a black cis man, cis het man, is going to come, sweep them off their feet, and they're going to live together happily ever after and run mm-hmm. off into the sunset. And it's, it's just going to be that. And then when they inevitably go through shit with cis men, which if you're a woman or a femme that dates primarily cis men, you just have to know that you're going to go through something. Like it's not going to be this rosy. If you're dealing with men, it's just not, that's just not realistic, but they have this real expectation that everybody that they meet or everybody, every man that they're going to come across is going to be like relationship material and relationship goals. And then they get, they, they often end up getting their feelings hurt when they have a night of passion or they have this experience and it doesn't it turn out how they think it's supposed to turn out in their head. So it led me to say, I'm like, it's okay to have a good time with a man sexually, have fun and like him and just let it, let it be what it is. Don't make it more than what it is. And I think the girl one of the girls in the group, she was just like, well, that might work for you. But as for me, like, I, I need something more. So she want to say something. Come on. Yes. And it, no, because you, you, you're actually summarizing it. But I wanted to hit on what actually what actually what, what actually what happened was the girls were getting to the place where in their efforts to talk about so the conversation talked about like transamory and relationships and dynamic. But the girls get to the place where they are they shit on the men that say they like trans women because to them they're young, they don't know better. That's gay, or that's or or that or they're somehow. I think it was something where if they only want to just have a sexual relationship, that's wrong. Right, 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 right. right. And I was gonna say, or that that that's gay. And then what we were saying was, well, there's different levels of niggas. And what what Brianna was trying to explain is there's a way in which trade has a place in the ecosystem. Right. right trade has a place and like it's what we have to stop pretending is that trade doesn't have a place and that we're not engaging with them and what we have to do is reprioritize the way we engage with them where that can look like something that's healthy for us because ultimately we do have sexual needs now my sis that my sis that said that girl if you can store it up in your hump sis great that's wonderful. If you have pledged yourself to a life of celibacy until your night is shining on the horizon on the horse, bitch, I live. But as a trans woman, you probably are going to die with, with your pussy never being touched. If that's the case. <laughs> like, I'm not even being funny because it, the reality is not that there aren't men out there. It's that what, like, it, it's just this completely unrealistic version. And Brianna talked about this before on the podcast about our maturity and how as we evolved, we realized that a lot of the things that we thought were so important in a man, in a relationship, were all superficial and based on how we wanted to show up in the world and what we thought people were thinking about us. And that's what we were hearing in the conversation. Like these girls were kind of grandstanding and not being realistic. They were saying things that 
aren't realistic to even just women in general. And because and let, and and because the trade is the trade. Women, you have trade. For our cis women out here that are listening to this conversation, and our trans women that are listening, we're dealing with the same niggas. Like it's the trade. Trade is the is the random guy that is in hookup culture that is looking to engage in a not necessarily financially transactional, but he's not trying to connect with the community. There are a lot of men that are attracted to us that don't necessarily aren't amorous and want to date us. But what the what, what I did not like, and this is what I was going to say, Brianna, what I did not like, and what was apparent in that conversation was that these girls were unwilling to imagine a world where their life didn't go perfect. And they were very dismissive to my good, good sister's wisdom. And that is the triggering part for us because it's like, you don't have to agree with me. That's not what we're saying. But don't tell me that something that I, I lived doesn't work and scold me like I, like, cause that's what she kind of did. She kind of dismissed Brianna. Well, if that works for you. And then she went on this rant kind of scolding girls that just allow niggas in their life that don't care about them. That ain't, and it's just like, what you're missing sis is that until you don't know if the nigga cares about you until you do. <laughs> so we're all, all engaging with these niggas and you don't know that your your husband is going to approach you very similarly to your trade girl you're going to have to date and get to know people and have experiences to, to be able to speak on this but on six months in girl you don't know enough yeah I just for me it, it's just a very unrealistic um, picture to paint for the community and girl that's a miserable life to live like it's just unrealistic that one every man you're going to meet is going to be this relationship material that you have to exclude everybody else and focus all of your attention like it's just not realistic and it's been some great guys that i have met that it's our the nature of our relationship has been casual or mainly sexual and i've had a good time i've got to have some good connections have some good and then it, they didn't really have to be my boyfriend or my man and then i'm not going to act like all of those men were just open a lot of the men probably were on a dl the niggas that i probably hooked up with probably were on a dl or probably but guess what because they're not the center of my life that's not none of my business i got what i needed from the situation i got sexual pleasure i got to feel good i got to have a good time and I get so valuable and I need to say that because there are women out there that don't think that any encounter with a man that isn't about a ring or focused on marriage is not valuable it is right. valuable to just date and have romances and affairs and lovers that is valuable and I hate that we live in such a heteronormative society that the girls even are so trying to hold on to this yeah. notion yeah, the converse, that that type of uh, extreme of conversation is kind of like rooted in like ch chastity or chasteness, which is rooted in like white supremacy and oppression of women. Like, and I just I just don't like that, for, especially for trans women that we're falling into the same traps as cis women. Like, it doesn't it doesn't have to. And I'm not saying ju judging. I'm not saying this judging my sisters because, like I said. I was that girl for a long, like th this Brianna that's speaking, this is the evolution that has started to come out within the past two to three years. I was that girl when I met a man 
instantly that fantasy would start in my head. Even if it was us just fucking and hunching or the only nature of our relationship was just sexual, the fantasy of, oh, what would it look like if we were to be together? What would it look like if people saw us together? I'm writing my name, practicing writing my name with his last name. I'm going, I'm stalking him on social media to um, see what his regular life is. I'm sending him firm requests, seeing if he'll accept it to see if I can force myself. Like I was that girl. I was, I was that girl. So I'm not, I would never say anything or give advice if it's something that I haven't hadn't been through, but I had to evolve that. I had to grow from that. And I had to learn that one, I am, I am the prize. I am the valuable one. And two, I'm entitled to be free and to have experience and to have um, sexual liberation. And I just don't like this ideology where the girls have to have their next touch on the next girl. Like telling these girls these unrealistic things only to turn around and sleep with the same trade that they are marking as undesirable. And then that trade comes back and tell me, oh, do you know such such and such? Because me and her hooked up. So it's just like when girls, when girls act like that, <laughs> They set themselves up to be outed, not by other girls, but by the trade that you creeping up and laying up with. And, and that's why, want, why they don't tell their tea to their homeboys. They love to tell girls what other girls that you've been with. So right. It's just like, I just, I just don't like this idea that, and this is part of killing DL culture. And I think when we had that episode, we, 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 we did it. It's unrealistic to act like, we as trans women are never going to engage with DL men. That's just not real. That's just not realistic. But there's a way that you can navigate navigate DL men who have different levels of DLness, so you can um, get what you need and have fun and keep it moving and, and be safe. But I just I just feel like it's just so unrealistic, and we do ourselves a disservice um, from just creating like these blanket bands on men like we're just never going to have sex with them and we're never going to sleep and then we're wondering why girls are still getting murdered like somebody is another thing is it's part of like you say because then we create the shame cycle for the girl even the girls that date or or the girls that are sex workers we'll take the shame we'll create a shame cycle where girls are afraid to admit afraid to be honest afraid to tell their friends about the trade they're dealing with because we in community are judging you because if you're somebody that I fucked or somebody that my friend fucked, and even though we know it's the same niggas, girls get really, we don't, we make it to where it's almost shameful to deal with niggas in a certain way. So where the girls don't tell. So when you're not telling your support system, you're dating someone or you're engaging with them, when you're putting yourself in situations where you're kind of trying to avoid trying to date these dudes and you're kind of isolated and you're going to see him across town and nobody's ever met him because you can't tell your girlfriends about him. You put yourself, it makes it even riskier. What we're saying is, is we got to unpack the stigma behind healthy adults engaging with each other sexually and that not having to mean marriage and, and, and long-term commitment. Because part of what I realized freed me in life to receive a relationship was me getting to that place of realizing that alone is not lonely. Alone does not have to be lonely. What I love about what you shared earlier, Brianna, is your change of perspective. How at one point coming to Atlanta and not even realizing it, but you're centering it around men. 
You know what I'm saying? And their engagement. Will he call me? When is he coming over? Let me get ready for him to come over. Da, da, da. Like you, you, you don't realize it. I, mean, I, I, I would never get a hotel in the center of the city. I had to get a, a hotel by the airport because it will be easier for them to park their car for free. Like exactly. I literally had to unlearn that. Like yeah. if if you, I'm staying downtown because this is the nice hotel. And you you being able to afford the valet, that's your problem. That's not mine. And if you can't afford it, you don't need to be walking past my threshold anyway. Exactly. But you know, just but no, think about so then because of that shift in your point of view, you were able to experience the city you come to time and time again in a way that felt new, novel, and intriguing. It felt like a new discovery almost because you freed yourself to like make it about Brianna because alone, again, doesn't have to be lonely. I have a good friend, a really, really good girlfriend, and I'm not going to use her name, she, but she listens. She's a, she's a listener. So girl, I'm greeting you at this moment. She is someone that I love dearly and she's a successful black woman, successful black trans woman. And she's living her life in a way that a lot that a lot of girls don't have access to the capital to do it, right? Very much like on our level, but like she's younger than us and she's really doing well for herself. And this particular friend, not because she doesn't, and what's crazy is, is you would think as you have more access to money, as you have more access to being able to travel where you want, as you have access to be given, being able to get the car that you want or having to go in and see your friends and travel, you forget that sometimes you you create these relationships and you engage with these niggas. Let's be honest, a lot of us are bored. A lot of it's distraction. Some of it is, is us wanting to feel emptiness and that feeling of just not wanting to be alone and wanting to have human contact on a trip or a vacation, you know what I'm saying? But when you put so much investment in someone else, you actually aren't free to be as open with yourself as possible. So this particular friend, we are actively working. She and I are. I'm, I'm doing a lot of um, coaching with her, actively getting her to appreciate the fact that even if you never get a man in your life, you mean to tell me your job, your house, your investment properties, your cars, none of that is enough. Is your so you mean to tell me if you never get a man, you will never be happy? Like if it never happens for you. Do you feel like your life would be empty? All of the love, all of the community support that you've had, all of the beautiful things that you've been able to do, the people you've been able to heal. Do you really believe that if you don't get a man, nothing will matter? Because that's what you're kind of saying when you say, I, I can't be alone or you sit in this place of feeling empty because you don't have a placeholder person in your life. And for her, I really felt like it's related to, and she's going to get counseling as well, it's related to issues around being abandoned. You know, it's related to her feeling like the inevitable has happened as people predicted, you ain't gonna have nobody being that kind of person. You ain't gonna, or if, if you're that kind, or that's a life that's a lonely life, a solitude life. And a lot of us, we, we our dying breath we don't want to die alone because we've lost so much and so many people to different things. So I feel like that's a rooted root. And I feel like she's not the only trans woman. I know I've been that way before. Me too. Yes. But in this particular situation, I think that in general, if we were to free ourselves from making our life nigga mandatory, what would it look like if we could just be happy 
and our peace and our glory and our goddess? What would it look like, like my, like my sister, if you could go around the city and not feel away and not feel awkward and be able to explore and not make it like if a man doesn't show up in 10 minutes or let me get to this hotel or, oh girl, I ate this piece of trade, fine. Let me see if I can get his number. What would it look like if you sat alone? And for a lot of girls, that's terrifying because you're afraid of what it would take for you to sit alone. A lot of us are afraid of our thoughts. And if you are in that situation, that's an indicator you should go seek help. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and I say, I say what I say now as somebody that has worked through my issues, I too have abandonment issues. I too have worked like this time last year, I was in a horrible situation at the top of this year. I went through my mental, like it's a process. And I can say now that I have to make a daily commitment to choose me and to prioritize myself. And some days it's easier than other days, but I know that I'm worth me choosing myself. I'm worth me making myself happy. I'm worth me like centering my pleasure, centering my joy, centering um, my pain, like centering everything. And it just, it just, it makes it a little bit easier just to um, navigate um, through life. And in the words of um, Living Man May, a boss, a boss bitch gotta get her dick sucked. And it's okay. It's okay. I just want the girls to know, especially as we're going into summer. I love what they're saying. Who's saying is that? For, it's from this reality show, Living Man Made, with these trans women in New York. Um, Gia Man Made, Mystery Man Made, and Samara Man Made. A boss bitch gotta get you. And there's so many, there's so many fine ass niggas out here, cishet men that are willing to drop to their knees and submit to like. I just want girls to know if you if you want to be celibate, we're not here shaming celibacy, but you are you have permission to date as many men as you want, experience as many men as you want. If you're sexually positive and you want to have that experience, have accept like you should you only, don't have permission to judge other girls because they don't want the polyamory. Right. You should be only wanting to lock your situation down with a man that's that's not just saying that he wants to be with you, that is doing tangible, actionable things to demonstrate to you that he wants to partner with you. Anything other than that, until he is saying that shit is exclusive, you're a free, you're a single woman. You're single to do like we have to start getting to a point where we make we require that these men demonstrate their intentions. It's not enough to, well, I don't know how I'm gonna feel, but I'm just trying to no, it will until you get your mind made up, I'm going to do me and I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm not going to lock myself down because you're not, you're not we have to we have to give power to the men to make decisions, to step up to the plate. And for me, until you can demonstrate that to me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to, because when I get in, when I partner and I'll get into a relationship, I want to be led. And if you're demonstrating to me that you can't be a leader, you know, we, we can still have sex when it's convenient for me, but I'm not about to just close off my other contacts or just feel ashamed. Like, I, no, because my, if you're, if, if you're not, I'm sorry, you said something powerful. Yeah, if, you're not, if you're not going to prioritize my joy, the, what what am what am I really? If you're not prioritizing my comfort or my peace of mind, then what am I doing? You said something just now that was powerful about you want a man that's a leader. 
Can you elaborate on what you mean when you say that? Because I could imagine some men listeners in their ears speaking like, Brianna, want to be led. What is that? No, mean? now I know people, I know a lot of men are intimidated by, by me. And I get it, but I'm just a woman that knows what she wants. Boom. But that but I don't res, I don't respond to men that are just domineering or controlling for the sake of just trying to break. Like, even if it's a hookup situation, when I feel like you're trying to push me or trying to move me into something, we're not going to engage. What I like, one, what I like is a genuine connection. We need to have some type of commonality. But I like a man with a plan. I like anybody that knows me, I'm a girl with a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. And I've grown to to know, I've had enough experience, I've dated enough men, I've had experiences to know that I, I like the same thing in a partner. So I'm more willing to submit to somebody when they have a plan and they're including me in their plan or they, or they, or it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be a conclusion. There just needs to be a communication of what's going on. Like oh, when I said, oh, I'm sorry. We'll be go ahead. No, come in. No, I was going to say what you just said brought me to this quick point. I had, a, you said this thing about submission. And I can hear some, I can imagine some girls going to submit, submit. Submission is a giving of, uh, is a giving of energy. It is a, it is saying in this moment, I am willing to uh, submit my energy to whatever it is you're trying to get me to do, right? What my intentions. It is submission is actually a giving of power, meaning you have it and you're willingly taking this time to allow someone else to submit that's act- in order to submit you actually have to have something to give right whereas what people get well people mis- misinform that word and they get it confused is they confuse it with the word to be suppressed right no one's saying we're advocating for suppression suppression is like what my sister was saying the idea that it's control for control's sake it's the idea that it's not that I want to collaborate or engage with you as an equal, but rather you're going to be on under me. That is suppression. We're not trying to say that's what we're trying to do. But submission is actually making a decision based on logic, facts, whatever your reasoning is in that moment to choose to allow this to happen, whatever that this is. So I want to just clarify that for our, but particularly for my girls that are like really, really bent about using certain words. You don't have to be so fucked up about actually in, in a partnership where you trust the other person. There's in every partnership, even in our business, there's a way in which we have to, at some point, submit an idea and submit to an idea or a concept or a vision, right? We all have to at some point. So let's not get twisted on that. But Bree, what were you saying? Yeah. A boss bitch should get a dick set. It's it's about to be hot girl summer. And it like I said, it's so many cis hat men that live for the girls and that don't necessarily want to be in a relationship with the girls and don't want to marry the girls. And they don't have to. Like it's okay for the girls that are open to it. It's okay to just have a good time, honey. Um, get your pleasure, girl, and then move on. Or it's okay to just have Open yourself to just having different experiences with men. Everything doesn't have to be this serious uh, against all odds relationship. 
Or if that's going to happen, it should be in a situation where a man can clearly and effectively communicate that to you. And you don't have to do all this wondering and guessing. And I say that as somebody that wastes so much time um, dealing with niggas where I had to guess what their real intentions are instead of me just being woman enough to ask them and hearing something that I didn't want to hear. Like, I I think we can all get there, but I think what we don't do, we should not be doing, especially from girls that don't have enough experience living life as women and dealing with men. I don't think we should be um, creating these standards that if you do this, that that you're not being a woman the right way and these men are not going to respect you and all of that bullshit. Because uh, what we know is that all of that it's bullshit. Men are going to respect whoever they want to respect. And they can disrespect you whether they have not had sex with you or whether they're fucking with you every day. Like, you, it, 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 at some point, it has to be about you centering yourself and you knowing yourself to know what you want and know what you're going to tolerate and know what you're not going to tolerate. And then another thing is to the young girls, like, nobody is hating on y'all i'm happier that it's easier for you to transition i'm happier that it's easier for you to access stuff because you know what that means that means that the sacrifices that i had to make the sacrifices that were made by the trans woman who came before me who never even got to experience the benefit it means that those things were not in vain but don't turn around and shit on us and act like our experiences don't don't mean anything or like you can't learn from our experiences or and don't also make it seem like you and your gender because i also hear what's interesting is that when we talk about ageism a lot of young people will talk about how they get minimized in conversation but particularly in lgbt community because it's a youth focused culture we oftentimes as elders like you know i'm a couple months and I increasingly hear people say things like, well, that ain't how it is now. As if I stopped living on the earth or like as if girls my age don't date or as if girls my age don't know, can't relate to the internet. Like you, you'll be so surprised at how ageism is perpetuated from young people to old people, to older people, older folks, us mature folks. And I feel like because we don't have that tradition of, like I said earlier, that elders in our community, the kids really don't, they be real shady. And I I, I, I find myself less and less wanting to give my advice to people that ain't my children or close friends or, you know, family community. Because these girls on the computer in particular, girl, you know everything because you read everything. And it's like, girl, I can't tell you nothing because you think when as soon as I tell you how old I am, you immediately start talking about how I'm back in the days and this is trying, you know, like I'm some traumatized person and I'm uneducated. Like there's an assumption that because girl, particularly in our community, these younger educated girls kind of will look down on the life experiences of girls that have had a myriad of different experiences. So you're writing off the girls that were formerly incarcerated or you're writing off the girls that were homeless before or you're writing off because y'all are so success focused because you're standing on the backs of those girls that had to do all those things that you don't see yourself. And it's almost like you can't see your ass your ass from the hole in the wall. It's like you really need to remember that you did not come in a vacuum. And you need to respect and be nice and kind to those of us that are trying to engage. Now, mind you, there are a lot of us that are older that don't have the most evolved point of view. 
And some of us can be very repressive. And there are a lot of the girls that are of a certain age that can turn into gatekeeping and gatekeepers. And and, and so I don't want to I don't want to minimize that there's a way in which the community definitely negatively minimizes the young girls sometimes when it comes to their agency. But on the flip side, when for those of us that are actually in advocacy, actually doing the work, actually living. Maybe if you're, maybe if you've only taken two hormone pills, you should just kind of sit a second, observe before you try to step into leadership. Because there's a way that you can engage the community where you're not bulldozing your way into something that was already existing and respecting the culture that you're stepping in. Because this is also a culture. And the girls, sometimes I've observed a lot of young girls coming with this, like I say, this fully packaged, I got my degrees before I transitioned and then I got this job and I used my insurance to get my pussy done immediately and got my surgeries. And now I'm telling other girls what they, what, what life should be like, what we should like all these boxes on what a woman is. But it's like, sis, no matter how beautiful you are, I still have 20 years on you in this game, ups and downs, ugliness, lefts, rights. And I have a story and a narrative and truths that I can share, that I want to share, but you can't shut me out. You know what I mean? And the, it's, the, it's always the girls that got their nose up in the air that are prime, that, that are prime prey for these men that want to play them games. Cause it's like, oh, she got her nose up in the air. So she's not really in community and she's isolated and she's not in conversation. So I can really, Run game. Girl, don't you laugh? Don't you giggle? I don't you giggle when the <laughs> don't you giggle when the girls say I don't really even engage with trans women and I don't really deal with community. I engage in hetero spaces because I immediately know not only are you young, you have not been gagged yet. Or <laughs> girl, you're probably since you're exclusively in those spaces, the only thing you could deal with is DL niggas. Because do you not engage in a space where anybody would even want to get to know you for who you are? You're living in hiding. Right. And that's a whole nother thing. That's not, not no shade to the stealth girls out there, but that's a whole nother thing. There's a price to being Miss Fish. I don't want nobody to know and believe that you're talking to two bitches that have paid the price, bitch. <laughs> it's a price to being loved and to have people and to navigate in this cis space and to have these men make you feel like there's a standard you'll never meet. We talked about that for those. But but, but then in the same breath, they'll still sleep with you because they you're prox they have proximity to you because you're there with the home with the cis home girl and you bad as fuck. You look good. But I'll, I'll let you suck my dick. But we never gonna see each other. I'm never gonna claim you. You just right. get to. It actually makes it easier now. I don't have to go on the dating app and go creep with a bitch. I ran into one in the club. I'll talk to her. But don't please don't get twisted, girl. You are not getting a, a special privilege, or you're not doing nothing special because you're saying you want to avoid engaging with other uh, other trans women. Let me tell you something. How, what does it say about how you see yourself that you think being around other girls like yourself is something wrong? Like, and if it is something wrong and it's something that you don't think you want to be around, what can you do to, what is it about you where that energy happens? Because Brianna and I, and I and have wonderful girlfriends that are trans. 
So it, I want to stop also the myth that the girls are always in competition, that girls can't be friends with each other, that we can't be in community and it'd be a healthy, wonderful thing. We can't have men around our girls. We can't be really, really like the sisters we claim we are. Because half of y'all bitches is claiming sisterhood, but you really are just trying to have people around you to make you look good. When you really are about sisterhood and you're about connecting, it doesn't matter whether you're in cis, it doesn't matter whether you're in trans, you don't want a tribe of people around you that's rooting for you no matter what. That's what matters. Your little cis friends that want that then you be their little tranny mascot, please believe, girl, they're going to gag you. Especially if these are the kind of friends that are anti-queer, that put you in spaces that are anti-queer. Oh, they're going to gag you later because you're the exception to what they consider a rule. And the rule is, is y'all are men. And if you're their exception, you're going to be their exception until they no longer give you the exception. And bitch, as soon as they get, they, they, you start dating a man that they want, or you start talking to a pizza trade that they thought was cute, or even a nigga give you too much life, girl, they will gag you and remind you because then you will all of a sudden, your tea will be all over that club and you'll be like, now nah, how could it have gotten out, sis? <laughs> but that's the real truth. You have to remember that you have to affirm yourself and you also have to seek sisterhood. We need each other. Yes. Even if your sisterhood where you are right now, you can't really get to a girl or you live in, because I know we have girls that live in very rural places and foreign countries. I get it. We're your sisters. You found, you come to the right place. That's what grown black trans woman talk is about. We are your sisters because we want you to know you do not have to be alone in this world and you don't need men to define you. That's what we want you to get from this episode. If nothing else, you need to understand that being alone is not lonely and that your happiness, your peace, your wellness will not come as long as it's based on someone else, regardless of what that someone or something else is. You have to find an internal locus of control. You need to settle down in your goddess and you got to embrace that I can be alone on my own because I am whole. And the things that I am blessed to have and be able to do, it is not diminished because I don't have someone to do it with. Now, that's easy, but that also requires a radical self-love. It also requires daily affirmation. It also requires that you actively spend your money and invest like my sister did this week in doing and trying new experiences. Because there's also a lot of women, and, and, and I know for myself, I used to be this way when I was single, that won't do certain things until they get a man. I'm not going to the museum till I got somebody to go with. I'm not going to this art center. Or I'm not going to, to the restaurant. The restaurant. I'm not going to sit alone at a restaurant. I'm not going to a concert by myself. Like you got to get to that place where, particularly for those of us that are starting to get that level of success, you got to get to the place where you're okay spending that money to go on a vacation by your damn self. Because for those of us that are getting that level of success, there are some situations where our sisters can't even relate to where we are. And my sister's also discovering that. It's not always that she always want to travel alone, but at a, in a lot of cases, because travel is very expensive, they don't have houses to invest in travel sometimes. They don't eventually can't come with her. So she has to end up doing things alone. And a lot of my girlfriends that are single and, and successful or single and got a job and you holding it down and you that boss bitch getting, that need her dicks up, remember also that you don't have to get your dicks up to be considered a, a valid person. You don't have to have these niggas in your life because ultimately what my girlfriend is learning and what Brianna learned in 2019, 2020, 
was when you when you yourself are just doing shit because you bored and because you can't be alone, you allow niggas that are giving you the minimum to stress you the fuck out because you don't realize you are just filling space because you don't want to be alone. And this man is not offering you anything but the minimum. And you wonder why you keep picking people that are only offering the minimum. It's because you only give yourself the minimum. You let everything your job, your stress, all of that stuff come before you. And what Brianna is demonstrating, what Aeon is demonstrating is radical self-love. It's taking your own peace and wellness out of anybody else's control. It's an internal locus of control. Yes, honey. So, honey, ha have, have fun with them in the summer. Don't. That, that means it's more for me, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just committed to just having a good time and experiencing people. And then, and also before I leave, I, and this applies to trans and cis women too, I don't like this idea that if you do, if, if you put your hair this way, you wear your makeup this way, you wear your heels this high, like if you do these things, that you're going to get a man. I also, it's a lot of that talk that I hear going on. And like, from just from what I've experienced from observing relationships, you can't like really plan that shit. It just, it just happens. It just happens. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But like, st like stop trying to manipulate situations or, or feeling like you have to um deny or restrain yourself from doing stuff to to make yourself more desirable or more appealing to a partner when you when you should just be living life and you should be meeting people and like meeting them at their intersection so you actually so that, and that's another thing. so i've been i've taken like only app i have on my phone is grinder i've taken all of like the swiping apps off because the thing about them swiping apps is you'll connect with people that you would never have connected with or you have nothing in common with. And then you wonder why you don't have interest in conversations with them because it's some rando that you would have never crossed paths with and they're just in your face, like taking up your space and wasting your time and there's really no purpose. So like, I just want our community just be more committed to living your lives. And if you're if you're walking in purpose and you're doing things that make you happy, I think there's a big chance that you might connect with somebody and you'll have some shit in common. Or at least you'll just get out there and see the world. But I just hate this thing. Like, especially with these self-help coaches, like if, if you wear this color and you do this, like that's not no way to get no partner. Well, like you I love, I have a really good friend. Um, she has, her name is V Prince, and she has a love, dating, and relationships kind of um, um, platform that she has. And she also is a dating coach. And she has a, a large clientele of successful women here in Atlanta that she does her, her, her practice, that are part of her practice. And one of the things that she says is the first thing you got to unpack with a lot of women when they're saying you're looking for is notion that what the you she said she can already tell what needs to be changed because they start out the conversation with well what do i need to do to get a man as if life and fate and all of the forces of nature and all of that are determined by a weave a wig a book you read a certain outfit and a certain location it's like no sis that's not how any of this shit works 
you actually, so nothing and nothing you can do can actually predict what fate has for you as far as who you're going to run into and who's going to vibe off of you. The only thing you can do is try to beam your best and be in your best self and glow and moisturize and drink water and work out and take care of yourself so that, so that you beam and shine the best. And then and only then will the worthy approach you because people will see the divinity in you. But that's only if you nurture it. A lot of people, you don't realize you attract brokenness because they can see that it's a brokenness that aligns with them. When you heal that shit, you attract a different person. That is what she be trying to get people to realize. It starts inward. There's nothing you can do outwardly to change your energy because a lot of times you don't even realize what you give off in the world. I, it's amazing to watch People give off thirst and not realize it. Like I have a lot of girlfriends that just give off this like thirst. The, you can look in their posts. You can see in their pictures. Every few days, it's, a, it's, it's like a cycle of like every few days, I'm in a really excited phase. I may have met a new dude or I may have um, be feeling fish or I like my new hair or whatever it is. And you see the posts online and it's, all of these posts, but they're all focused on, you know, getting attention and photographs with them, you know, half naked. And then every few days, then the, as they, as whatever good thing happened, changed, they begin to start now shift into this negative kind of sad cycle, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment. And then now you talk bad about niggas until you meet the next nigga. And that cycle is because you find yourself being in this dynamic of like what is going on and like you a lot of girls they can even see their own cycles and you can see those self-revelatory posts where they're like what why i don't know what is going on with me and i don't know why this keeps happening to me and that is your inner spirit telling you that you haven't sat still long enough to figure out what's wrong when you're in this situation and you're looking at this nigga and it's like how the fuck did you get here and how am i here again it's because you haven't taken the time to sit still and you're using these men to kind of fill in this space and that's great and it, it nourishes you in the moment but it's like fast food you're gonna get you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna pay one way or the other in the front end or the back end <laughs> okay, you know like you're gonna pay so you might as well take the time to sit still and refocus yourself before you have to go and waste time and then trying to control you or manipulate you or just not being available and then you have to be like well i am the only one signing up to do this because i can choose my experience and i don't have to continue to engage and when you realize you don't have to continue to engage the entire world can open up for you but it requires that you be radical about your self-love and that's what i want y'all to really get i really really see the blooming in my sisters and and the and the recentering of their energy when they say i just want to do something and it ain't about a nigga. it's okay and that don't mean you don't like men and it don't mean men aren't useful because there are the trade and they have a space. And if you would like to have you some trade, you're going to have you some trade, girl. But don't get in your feelings. And when you do really, and understand that it doesn't mean anything, that it did not amount to something. You don't have to quantify your worth that this man must choose you. Choose yourself. So I think we've done an episode for, for this week. Um, so, so take us up on up out of here. I want you to know that I thank everyone under the sound of my voice for all of your patronage, love, and support on this journey that Aeon and I have been on together. 
We thank all of our subscribers and listeners and loved ones on all of our social media platforms and in our lives. We thank our mothers and our families as we move into a new spring going into summer. We thank you, God, for another change of season. I say all these things because I wanted to speak life and love in the world because there's also a lot of darkness. And we lost here in Atlanta, her name is Sophie Velasquez, and we lost her to gun violence. And it is believed that it could be related to her being trans. There has been problems in the media getting them to use proper naming and pronouns and this being Georgia, people just sometimes don't understand why it matters. And so we've having to do a lot of organizing to get people to do regular things. But I wanna say thank you to my community for all of your love and all of the love you're trying to share. Thank you for our allies for learning how to step up and step back. And I wanna just have a moment of silence before we leave for Sophie and all of our fallen sisters. And then I will take us out with our closing. Thank you. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman. And I'm Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. bye.